All right, let's get started here. Today's daf is daf mem forty. We're starting bezer Hashem, last ten daf of the Masechta now. So, I just wanted to go over before we even begin Menu Gemara, the last points we made in yesterday's daf, just because I, I didn't explain it properly. Yesterday we had three arguments regarding these psukim that are written in the Siddur. You'll see, you'll see we listed what those psukim are. There's these psukim that the Tzibor, the Gemara showed with psuk, three psukim, the Tzibor says during Birkas Kohanim. Meaning when the Kohanim say Yivarechecha, etc., there are certain psukim that the Gemara listed, three psukim. So we had three arguments regarding these three psukim. The first argument was that Rabbi Yosef said, Bein kol bracha u bracha, that those psukim are meant to be said between each of the three brachos, meaning that they're said uh, after that's where you'd say a pasuk, etc. You put it in between. And Rav Shesha said you wouldn't say it in between the, the brachos, but rather you would say it at the Askaras Hashem. That was one argument, meaning Yivarech Hashem, and then they would say whatever that pasuk is. The second machlokis was that when they say those psukim, would they say one pasuk per one pasuk the Kohen says, and then they would say, either there or by the Haskara, one Pasuk, or do they say all three Psukim by each of the three parts of Birkas Kohanim? I don't, I'm not sure if I explained that correctly yesterday. But they would say all three at each of the parts of Birkas Kohanim. And the final Machlechus that we had yesterday was regarding the saying of these Psukim altogether. Is it, there was a Machlechus, is, is it appropriate to say these Psukim, or is it considered disrespectful, because you're getting a bracha and you're busy talking? Meaning you shouldn't be talking, you should just be listening. That's one way to look at it. The alternative way to look at it is to say no, is that this is like a way of saying thank you when you're receiving a blessing from Hashem, and therefore it would be appropriate. From my limited research on this and from talking to people, I found very few people actually say this. And I don't know why it's all the storm. Yeah. Time. And I don't know why it's all, why it's all the storm, because most of the things say you don't say it. Jacob Shakib told me in Iran, he's from he's Persian, he said in Iran they used to have on the wall a a uh, big poster with these psukim in, in the shul, and, and they would say them. So, again, I don't know if that's if that's the Persian minog. Uh, also, Steve Khan said that yesterday he's mentioned that they say them. I, I don't know where this minog comes from. I'm not sure. Morning, morning. I don't know, but anyways, I just wanted to go over the last part. Now, today, we're going to have three parts of our Gemara. Um, the first part, we're going to see... Humility, we're going to have different illustrations of humility of great rabbis. We're going to see they're, they're, they were not kapdonim. It means even though people may have done things to disrespect them, they weren't makbid on their own kavod. They were only makbid on kavod shamayim. We're going to learn about that first point. The second point, we'll speak about modem drabanan, which is what the tzibor responds when the shliach tzibor does uh, modem in the chazar sashat. And we'll speak about, for. what's that? Which everyone should stand for, I uh, guess, yeah. And uh, the point is that we're going to speak about the idea of having emas hatzibur. Emas hatzibur is awe of the congregation. Such, a, such an important idea. And we'll briefly discuss again Birkas uh, Kohana, but very briefly, just in terms of the Beis HaMikdash. And then the last point of the day is the new Mishnah. We're going to talk about how the brachas of the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur. We're going to see what he used to say. They used to also be in Lashon HaKodesh. We'll discuss what those are, because this really goes back to the first Mishnah in this parak. So let's begin. If everybody looks inside, we are about a third of the way down, Memo Mudalif. But Amr Rabbi Avo. Amr Rabbi Avo is two, four, six, eight. 
It's about 20 lines down the page. V'am Rabbi Avo. V'am Rabbi Avo, it's in the middle of the line. The first one's line are Loi Amin Alahu. You see that, V'am Rabbi Avo? Yeah. Okay, says the Gemara. V'am Rabbi Avo. Rabbi Avo, the Gemara says Rabbi Avo stated the following. We're actually quoting this Agav a point that he made yesterday. Yesterday he made a point that Rabbi Avo said, I used to say those psukim that are mentioned that the Tzibur said during Birkas Kohanim, but when I saw Rabbi Abba from Akko didn't say them, so then I stopped saying them. The point that he's saying is he, he held that he was secondary to Rabbi Abba Zemin Akko. So actually the Gemara is now going to emphasize a second story which is related in that sense. Amr Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo said a second point. I used to say in Vasana that I'm a humble person. Right? To say that he used to think that he was a humble person. I mean apparently he understood his humility. But Kivan the Khazina Layla Rabbi Abba Ako, when I saw the great rabbi, Rabbi Abba from Akko, the humility that he exhibited, I understood that I'm nothing of humility compared to him, nothing of a humble person. Now, what was the humility as exhibited by Rabbi Abba from Akko? The Amar Iuchad Taima, remember we've spoken about this many times, is that it used to be there was what was called an Amora or a Metorgamon, which meant you had the rabbi giving the drasha, but he didn't have a loud voice. So there was another rabbi standing next to him who had a loud voice. Now, it sounds like it wasn't just any rabbi, but it was uh, also somebody great in his own right who would explain and broadcast the point that the initial rabbi was saying. So what would happen was, Rabbi Abba from Akko, the Amar Iuchad Taima, he would tell his Amora, his Gabai, his uh, Metorgamon, one reason, and then when his Amora, his Metorgamon, Amora literally means a sayer, would give it over, he would say a different reason. Can you imagine that? But like Kapit, and he wasn't Makbit on that. What a chutzpah, right? But he wasn't Makbit on that. Why wasn't he Makbit? Because he said, he's also saying a good point. So he didn't hold it against him, which is an unbelievable thing. Because, uh, <laughs> now, I would imagine, I, did, I haven't looked around so much in this, but I would imagine it wasn't in Psak Halacha, because if it was Psak Halacha, you'd have to say that's not the Psak. Right. So I'd imagine it was something that was able to be interpreted in different ways. And he said, look, what the, my Betorgaman is saying is true also. He's not repeating what I said. It's acceptable. It's okay. And he wasn't Makbit. So when Rabbi, when Rabbi Avo saw the humility of Rabbi Abba from Akko, that he wouldn't get upset about this, he said, I'm not a humble person connected, relating to him. So Amin Allah in Vasana, so then he said, I, Rabbi Avo, said, I'm not a humble person when I see such a thing. So, so the Gemara. Avo, yeah. Avo, yeah. Mm -hmm. The artist Avo. Mm -hmm. You like the name? So, no, I'm just saying, yeah. I don't know. It's the Gemara says, okay, fine. But that means that Rabbi Avo thought he was a humble person as well. Meaning, there must have been stories exhibiting Rabbi Avo's humility. He's saying, compared to Rabbi Abba, I wasn't humble. But that means that Rabbi Avo was humble, meaning to some degree. So the Gemara now wants to know, What stories exhibit the humility of Rabbi Avo? So the Gemara now tells us two incidences that illustrate this. So the number one. Listen to this. The Amr la devisu de amore de Rabbi Avo le devise de Rabbi Avo. You know they always say the rabbi hates the president or vice versa. I don't know. I feel like today this doesn't this doesn't work as as, as commonly. My grandfather tells me stories. But the 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 wife of the translator of Rabbi Avo said to the wife of Rabbi Avo. Okay, so I mean Rabbi Avo. Now we're talking about Rabbi Avo, not Rabbi Abba anymore. The wife of the translator of Rabbi Avo said to Rabbi Avo's wife. We don't need you. What do you mean, we don't need you? Meaning, my husband who's translating and broadcasting what your husband says in the shul, in the, in the, in the drasha, 
He doesn't really need him. He's not really subjugated to him. This that he bends and straightens up for him means he shows him respect. That's just He's just showing him respect. But it's not really that he needs him. We're going to learn momentarily. Revo is close with the Bey Kesar, with the Malchus, with the king, with the uh, Caesar. So that's why he's showing him respect. But for no other reason that he really needs him. So Azla Devisu, what happened? Obviously, what's the, the wife took offense to this, obviously. Azla Devisu. So the wife of Rabbi Avo went, she told her husband. This is what the wife of the the wife of the president is saying, or whatever you call it. The wife of the translator, the one of the wife of the broadcaster is saying, her husband doesn't need your doesn't need you. So Amr Lassa, he said back to his wife, what's the difference to you? Between me and him. Hashem is being honored. As he said, I don't care what, it, what the wife is saying. At the end of the day, between me and the translator and the one who's broadcasting what I'm saying, Torah is being disseminated and Hashem's honor is being uh, shown. So it doesn't make a difference what somebody's saying about me. This showed Rabbi Avo's humility. Vesu in another incident, Rabbi Avo, Imnu Rabbonana So there was another story where there was a vacancy. They needed to appoint somebody as the Rosh Hashiva. And they calculated, the Rabbanan voted that they should appoint Rabbi Avo as the Rosh Hashiva. This is what the rabbis decided. He has all the qualifications to be the appropriate head of the yeshiva. He even the Chazil Rabbi Abba de Minako, but when Rabbi Avo saw, remember the, per, the prior person he referenced was Rabbi Abba from Akko. Oh, Rabbi Abba had many debts. He had taken out a lot of debts. He probably did a chasana recently, faced car payments. I don't exactly know what it was. Summer camp. Point is that he saw, Rabbi Avo saw that Rabbi Abba had a lot of debts. So Amr Lahui said to the rabbis, Ika Rabba, there's somebody greater than me, give him the position. And what was Rabbi Avo's cheshbon? So the halacha is, is that when you put somebody into a position of godless, which we find primarily by the coin Gadol, is that there's a halacha that you're supposed to, you're supposed to give him respect, i.e. give him financial incentive so that people treat him with more dignity. Very interesting halach. You're supposed to be give him extra kavod by giving him money. So Rabbi Abba Avo said, if Rabbi Abba gets appointed to the position of Rosh Hashiva, he'll get money and then he'll be able to pay off his debts. And that's what ended up happening. So the point is, it shows another incident where he wasn't looking for his own kavod, but rather to help Rabbi Abba in this instance, showing his own humility. All right, let's continue. Now we're going to go on with another incident showing his humility. Rabbi Avo of Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, I believe, is the one who quotes... Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, I just had this recently. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba was the Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was the first slash second generation Amora in Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Rabbi Yochanan actually, you find him quoted all the time in the Gemara. He was the Rebbe of many of the Amoraim that we talk about in the Gemara. He was like the Rebbe of Eretz Yisrael. And many of the Amoraim that we talk about actually are his Talmidim. Rechia Bar Abba, I believe, I saw in that, you know, that introduction to the Talmud, I believe it says over there that Rechia Bar Abba quotes his Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan, 98 times in Shas. Like he's very oft quoting Rabbi Yochanan. So the point is, Rabbi Avov, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, Iklu Lahu Asra. So Rabbi Avon and Rabbi Chia Bar Abba went up to a certain place. Now, when two great rabbis would come to a certain place, each one would give a drasha. That was, that was apparently what was going on. I don't know why they were there. Maybe they were fundraising. <laughs> I would imagine. The point is, they went to this place and they each gave a drasha. However, the topic was different. This is a funny Gemara. Gemara says like this, Rabbi Avo, this is, this is the same thing would happen today. Probably. 
Rabbi Avo darash ba'agadita. Now Rabbi Avo gave a drasha about agadita, homiletics. He spoke about stories and uh, things that are more shovelachol nefesh, things that people can accept easier. And Rabbi Chiyabar Abba darash b'shmaita. Chiyabar Abba gave a halacha shir, an iun shir, something complicated, kosha kegidin. That's what Rabbi Chiyabar Abba gave. Now, which one do you think people went to? So the Gemara yeah, says, <laughs> Shev Kuk, everyone likes stories. Shev Kuk, Kule, Amalur, Yichiyavar Ava. And Gematrias, there you go. Maybe he said Gematrias too. Shev Kuk, Kule, Amalur, Yichiyavar Ava. So the entire Tzibur left Rabbi Yichiyavar Ava's shir, and they went to Rabbi Yavo's shir. Rabbi Yavo knew how to speak to the people. So he said, I got it. He said stories and homiletics and drashas. And, and meanwhile, Rabbi Yichiyavar Ava's shir was empty. It was a busha. It was a so Chalash died. Rabbi Abba felt very bad about this. So Rabbi Avo wanted to make him feel better. He wanted to make him feel better. So he said, Amr Lei, Rabbi Avo said to Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, I'll give you a parable what this is comparable to, what this is likened to. With Shnei Adam, there's two people, two merchants. One of them is selling precious stones, selling jewels, gems. Ve'et, which is very expensive. Ve'echad moicher minisitkis. And the other one is selling minisitkis. Minisitkis are chashkas, meaning he's selling little needles, things that people, you know, the, 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 uh, the what's it called, the, um, the gift store on the way out. That's what one of them selling, little, little needles or little things that the people use at home, store. which are cheap. What's that? The he's the dollar store, exactly. Al mikoifzin. Dollar and a quarter. Ami kaifzin. So who do people jump on? Means who gets more traction ultimately? It's the guy who's selling the cheap items. Aye, but are, are the are the uh, gems not more expensive, more valuable? Certainly they are. It's just people <laughs> people don't necessarily appreciate it as much. So therefore, you shouldn't feel bad. Your Torah is certainly great and significant. He said this to make Rabbi Chiyabar Abba feel better. And the Gemara relates the end of that story. <clears throat> That it used to be, I guess, in their travels, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba and Rabbi Avo, call Yomahava Malva Rabbi Chiyabar Abba le Rabbi Avo. Every day, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba used to accompany Rabbi Avohu, Adush Bize, until his place where he was staying, because of the honor of the Caesar. Again, we said before, Rabbi Avo was close with the Caesar. So because of that, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba every day used to accompany Rabbi Avo and walk him home. But Ahu Yoma on that day, in order to make Rabbi Chiyabar Abba feel better, Alave Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Rushbize, Rabbi Avo accompanied Rabbi Chiyabar Abba till his host, till his place of staying, till his residence, to make him feel better, to give him a little bit of kavod. However, the story concludes, Even so, he wasn't comforted. Now, I'm not sure why the Gemara needs to throw that in. I'm not sure what we're supposed to learn from this story. But the bottom line is, you see Rabbi Abba had, Rabbi Avo had a tremendous humility that he was concerned with the, the, the bad feelings of his friend, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. He tried to make him feel better. All right, now we're done with that sake of humility. Let's move on now to Moedim Drabanan. The reason we're introducing this here is because we said when it comes to Birkas Kohanim, while the Kohanim are saying the brachas of Birkas Kohanim, the Tzibur has to respond something. So we're going to say now regarding Moedim, it's the same idea. While the Chazan is saying Moedim, the Tzibur has to say Moedim Drabanan. It's a response. Let's see. <coughs> so it's important. A lot of people mm-hmm. say Moedim Drabanan after he finishes the bracha, but doesn't start modim. Uh, you need to start, you need to wait until he says modim. Yeah, that I'm not sure. That I'm not sure. Because That's it has to be said simultaneously. I'm not I sure. Yeah. The, the shisha should pause a second. Pause. 
But if I'm responding, but if I'm saying Modim Rambanim as a as mm-hmm. a response, yeah, I hear that. No, I, I hear. Let's see. I have to wait till he says it. But I know it has to be said simultaneously. I, I'm not sure about that. Let me let me well, look, not, look that up. Not wait till he says all things. No, no, I understand. You're saying until he introduces it. Let's see. I hear that. There are a lot of people also the Shlech Tibur. Does it quickly? That's a mistake. That's just a mistake. Yeah. That's, 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 that's meaning many people. All kinds of you're supposed to say it outside. Well, the whole wait thing. a second until right. everyone's. Yeah. 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 Then you say I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'm going to look that up. I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's see. He said you should wait till the shliach. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, let's go. At the time that the shliach tibor says ma'idim ha'am ma'hem oimrim. So the question is, what is the text? That the nation has to say the tzibur. What is it that the tzibur says when the chazan is doing ma'idim? So amaras. Now we're going to have multiple shittas, and at the end we're going to say you put it all together, and that's ma'idim drabana. That's why it's called ma'idim drabana. It's the ma'idim of the rabbis. They, they put this all together. So amarav rav says like this: ma'idim anachnu lach. We give thanks to you, Hashem alakin, Hashem our God. Al sha'anu ma'idim lach because we give thanks. What do you mean we give thanks because we give thanks? What does that mean? So Taisvis gives two pshatim here. One pshat he says is. That we are saying thanks to validate the thanks of the Shliach Tzibur means it's like agreeing with what the Shliach Tzibur is saying. So it's sort of a validation. It's like saying Amen. Almost. Yeah, I was say. Similar to Amen. The other Pshat Taisvis says is we're giving thanks that we're obligated to thank you. I heard another Pshat that was we're giving thanks that you inspire us and you give us the initiative to give you thanks. Meaning there's something that we have to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is thank you for allowing us or giving us the wherewithal and focus to give thanks to you. That's what Al Shah Nachman might be. The other one is that yeah. the entire Shliach Tibur, uh, the Shliach Tibur through the entire Chazara, he's davening for us. Refuainu, right, right. Right. everything's for everybody. Thanks, you can only say yourself. Mm-hmm. He can't say That's true. I mean, that's the whole idea yeah, of my That's Drabana. the whole idea right. of saying right, right, right. There's no, there's you no, no refuainu no no drabana. In order right. to say thanks, get up for somebody. You know? Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Don't sit. That's Rav. Let's continue. Shmuel Amar and Shmuel says, Again, he adds on some words. He says, The God of all flesh, again, for the fact that we give you thanks. He added some words. He said, The creator of all, of abrashes, of everything, because we give you thanks. They added, Again, he added, uh, blessings and thanks to your great name, Al Sheikh Yisun, that you gave us life and you get you caused us to survive. That we can give you thanks. Rabbi Achav Yaakov Messiah. Right. Rabbi Achav Yaakov Messiah Bahachi. Rabbi Achav Yaakov used to finish off the bracha and say, "Kain techayenu, so you should continue to give us thanks v'sechayenu, u'sechanenu, and give us grace u'sechabtzenu, grace." And it became a Christian word, but it really it just means give us good things v'sechabtzenu and gather us together v'sechasaf goliasenu and gather in gather our uh, scattered exiles lechatzus kochecha to your holy court. Yards, to guard your statues, so we can perform your will with a complete heart. Again, because we gave you thanks. Rapapa concluded after all the rabbis gave their various opinions. We say all of them, which is Maidim Drabanan, it's incorporating basically the text of all of those together. Okay. I, mean, I want to look up what your Shaila actually about if we have to wait for the Chazan to start. I want to look that up. That's an interesting Shaila. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. Now let's move on. Rabbi Yitzchak says like this, A person has to have 
the awe of the congregation on him. It's important for, for, a, for a leader, a person in a position of authority, to have the emas atzibor. Second. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine, right. The person should have awe of the tzibor on him. Means that the leader or the director should have the awe of the tzibor. Means he should have respect, healthy respect. Interesting. Why? Why? Where do we see this idea? So we're going to bring a few, a few sources in halacha that seem to illustrate this. Number one, shaharei kohanim, peneim klape am ba'charem klape shchina. It's unbelievable. When the kohanim do birkas kohanim, they face the people right. and their back is towards the aron. How could they do that? The answer is they're dealing with the people. They have to show a certain level of respect to the people, even though their back is towards the shchina. Nonetheless, they show respect to the people that they're working with. Rav Nachman Omar Mehach, Rav Nachman brought a second source, is that we find in Divrei Ayamim, it says when David HaMelech is exhorting the people, I believe it was in regards to donations to the Beis HaMikdash, it says, Vayakam HaMelech David al-Raglov, David got up on his feet, Vayamim, and he said, Shema'uni Achai Va'ami, listen to me, my brothers and my nation. So the Gemara says, Yim Achai Lama Ami, if he calls them his brothers, why does he also call them his nation? Yim Ami Lama Achai, and if he calls them nation, why does he call them my brothers? David was telling the Jewish people, if you listen to me and you follow in the ways of Hashem in the right way, so So then you're my brothers. What do you mean, my brothers? You're my equals. Well, that's showing a great respect to the tzibur. David HaMelech is saying, as long as you're doing the right thing, I'm going to treat you like equals. That's tremendous respect for the people. The imlav, but if not, amiatem. So then you're my nation. What do you mean you're my nation? I'm going to drive you with a stick. means I'm going to... <laughs> Take over and make sure you do the right thing as you're supposed to be, which also shows you both sides of the coin. Although the leader is supposed to have respect and dignity for the people, if they're doing the wrong thing, no, he has to take initiative. Exactly, he has to show them who's boss, exactly. Rabbanan Amr Mihach, the Rabbanan tried to bring a third source that the leader has to treat the tzibur with respect. Very interesting source. Now, we're going to refute this in a minute, but... Um, the Gemara says the Rabbanan thought that the fact that the Kohanim can't go up with their shoes on to Birkas Kohanim, um, and we know this is one of the nine Takanas brought in Meseches Rosh Hashanah that Rabbi Yochanan Menzaka established, that the Kohanim can't go up their shoes. My time, well, what's the reason that Rabbi Yochanan Menzaka established this? He said, the Gemara assumes, why is that? Because of Kavod Sibor. Why would it be because of Kavod Sibor? Because if they go up and they're wearing shoes, and their shoes are dirtied, they will walk in the streets. The streets were muddy. They weren't refined like we have today. They would lift up their hands to Birkas Kohanim, and then people would see their dirty shoes. So out of respect for the Tzibor, they have to take off their shoes. However, the Gemara refutes this raya and says, that's not a proof, because Hasam, there's a different reason they take off their shoes. Very interesting reason. It might sound a little far-fetched to you, but this is a different reason. Well, that's a different reason. They might, what, might, what it might end up happening is one of the straps of their sandals will snap, will break. He'll bend down to tie it right before Birkas Koyhanim, and then it'll end up he won't stand up properly for Birkas Koyhanim. And then the people will say that he's a Ben Grusha or Ben Chalutza. It might sound far-fetched, but the Gemara says this. That's why they don't go up with their shoes, not because of a Kavot Sibor issue. What does bending down have to do with Ben Grusha? Because if they bend down to tie their shoes, it looks like he's avoiding he's doing Birkas why is he avoiding? Because he's a chalal. Oh, yeah, that's it. All right, he wants to be part of the show. All right, let's continue. Right. Of a mikdash. Let's continue.
The Mishnah had told us, this is Mishnah back on Lamid Zion Amud Beis, when we distinguished between, Lamid Ches Aleph, when we distinguished between how Birkas Khanum was done in the Medina outside of the Beis Mikdash versus the Mikdash, so one of the things we said was, that the Mikdash Bracha Achas, right? Outside, when you do Birkas Kohanim, it's three Brachas. Yivarech Hashem, Yishmerecha, pause, Amen. You do three parts. In the Mikdash, they did it all as one Bracha. Turns to Memud Beis, Memud Beis, V'kol Kach Lama. So the Gemara says, well, why is that? It means, why is it that it was one Bracha in the Beis HaMikdash? So the Gemara answers, and this is the aside brought in another place, Mitzach Tainus, I believe it's brought in elsewhere. They didn't answer Amen in the Beis HaMikdash. We're going to see, instead of Amen, they would say, So therefore, since they didn't say Amen in the Beis HaMikdash, there was no separator between the brachas. They said it all as one bracha. Tanarabban, the Bryce explains, How do we know that they wouldn't say Amen in the Beis HaMikdash? It's very interesting. The format of the Amido was actually different, the, the Chazar Sashatz. Shanamar, because the Pazik says in the Chem, Get up and bless Hashem your God. From this world till the next world. Rashi explains that when they would say the Amida, Chazar Sashatz, you want to call it, they wouldn't say, Look at the Rashi. If you want to take a look in the last wide line in the Rashi over there, he says they would say, they would add it instead of Hashem, they would add in this whole text of blessed Hashem from this world to the next world. That's how the Chazin, or the one who was leading the service, would say instead of the name of Hashem. And how do we know for every blessing in the base of Mikdash, instead of Amen, but there would be some sort of a praise, which we'll see is Baruch Shem Kivayd Machus Olam Voed. because the Pasuk says in the same context, they blessed your holy name. And elevated on every blessing a tehila, a praise. On every blessing there was a praise. And the way the Gemara understands it is, for every blessing that occurred, there was a praise. The way Rashi understands that is, instead of saying Amen, they said, So Tysus comes along and says, if that's so, so then they should have split up the Birkas Khan to three parts and just had Baruch Shem in between. So why not have three parts? <coughs> this is very interesting. When they would hear the Shem HaMeforosh in the Beis HaMikdash, they immediately would respond, Baruch Shem Kvam. So it means they already had said Baruch Shem in the middle of the Bracha. So there was no separation between the Brachas. Memele was all said as one Bracha. And that's why a lot of people say, when, when the Kahanim say, you, uh, they say Yerecho, right? Uh, and then they say Hashem. A lot of people say Bechum and I guess that's like Tain like Tehillah. That right. I don't know. It doesn't say we do that outside of the base on Mikdash, yeah. but no, that's true. In the Amida, I mean the Chazar Sashats, Pashtas, no. that's why. You know when what the Kahanim say? When the Kahanim say Hashem, the Kahanim say Hashem three no, times. No, I'm just saying is it's the, the same thing during the Chazar Sashats. Yeah, we say Bechum yeah, yeah, It's yeah, the same yeah. voice. You say Every Hashem's name, you give a praise. That, well, that's it says, Shem Hashem Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same idea. The same idea. Mamash the same idea. Okay, new Mishnah. We said in the Mishnah eight things. Back in the Mishnah on Lamid, Beis, Amud Aleph, I believe. Yes. There were eight things that had to be said in Lashna Kaidish. The fifth of the eight was the Brachas of the Kain Gadol. What are the Brachas of the Kain Gadol? The Brachas of the Kain Gadol are the eight blessings we're going to show that the Kain Gadol would say following the special Kriya that he would do, which was on Yom Kippur after the Avaidah. So we're going to go through that now. Says the Mishnah. 
a brachas kain gadol ketzad. So the brachas of the kain gadol that had to be in lashon hakodesh on Yom Kippur after the avoda. Well, what was the order of events? So the Gemara says like this: Chazan haknesses nightel sefer Torah. Now we're going to have different positions here. So let's explain like Rashi. Chazan haknesses would take a sefer Torah. Rashi explains the Chazan haknesses was the one who took care of the affairs of the shul. He made sure. If you look at that Rashi, he says he would. Uh, make sure that the bima was organized. It sounds like he took care of the physical Maybe structure, the, the shamish. What? The shamish. Yeah. He took care of the physical structure of the shul. So he was the lower. It sounds like he was the lower end of the totem pole. He took the sefer Torah. Vinois naloi He gave it to the head of the shul. Now Rashi explains the head of the shul refers to the gabai who took care of. The uh, who got the kibudim in shul? Rashi says, "Me after benavi, me yifras al shema." Who gets navi? Who gets the haftara? Who who davens for the amud? So they were split into two different positions. There were different gaboyim in different positions. It was okay. There you go. So he would give the sefer Torah to the rosh haknesses. The rosh haknesses knows skan. The rosh haknesses would give it to the skan. Skan was the deputy kohen gadol. If the kohen gadol would, for whatever reason, develop a mum, be unfit for service, he would step in. So the skan, the assistant kohen gadol, vaskan knows the kohen gadol, and the skan would take the sefer Torah and then give it to the head honcho. He'd give it to the kohen gadol. The Kohen Gadol, again, we're talking about Anyam Kippur after the Avoid. The Kohen Gadol, Oymed and Mechabal, the Kohen Gadol will get up and accept the Torah. And we're going to focus in on that in the Gemara. It's going to, Oymed is Mashma, before that he was sitting. Now we're in the Azara, we're going to see it's not so posh, you're allowed to sit. Who mentioned that yesterday? Me. You mentioned yesterday. So we're going to get into that today. But it's Mashma, he was sitting prior. Vikoyre, and then he would read the Parshias that relate to Yom Kippur, because it's Yom Kippur. So he would read Achare Mois. Achare Mois talks about Yom Kippur, the Alachas of Yom Kippur. Ba'achba Asur, Parshas Emor, when it talks about Yom Kippur too, it's a couple Parshias later. And Rashi explains over here, because they had a translator going, by the time the translator was done translating the first Parsha, he already had flipped the Torah to Emor, and he was able to read it from the Torah without any Tircha de Tzibura. And then he would close up the Torah, wrap it up, close it up, and put it in his chest, means hold on to it. And then he would give a disclaimer, and he would say, More than what is I've read in front of you is written here. Now the reason he's giving that disclaimer is because he's about to read part of the Torah that's the end of Sefer Bamidbar out loud. So he doesn't want people to think the reason I'm reading it out loud is because it's lacking in text. The reason and he's actually reading it out loud is because to flip to that section would take too long and would be tircha de tzibura. So the next thing we'd read was... Exactly. Exactly, because it's close by. Then he would read Esther, where it talks again about Yom Kippur, which isn't... He'd read it straight through? No, no, no. There would be a break, but there was a metorgum and translating in between that would give him enough time to flip there. But to get from Emor to... Bamid Bar wouldn't be enough time. So therefore, he would read this part outside so as not to cause the Tibor to just wait. You're allowed to do that? That's the point. That Esther, which talks about Yom Kippur as well, which is in Bamid Bar, he would read that Bal Peh, but he gave a a, uh, initial speech about this that's not because it's lacking. Right. And then after that, after oh, Kriya Satayra, he would say eight brachas. Eight brachas. It's ala taira. is asher samus, like you would say after Kriya Satayra. Va'ala avoida, which is ritzei. Va'ala idaya, another bracha of moidim. 
which on Yom Kippur we finished off as Soilich Lavoin Osenu, Velavoinus Ama Beis Yisrael, etc. Ve'ala Mikdash, Rashi says that he would get, say a bracha about davening about the Beis Mikdash, Val Yisrael, about the Jewish people, Val Kohanim, about the Kohanim, Val Yerushalayim, and, the seventh, uh, and another bracha of Yerushal, on, about Yerushalayim, Vashar Tefillah. The Gemara will tell us what it means, Vashar Tefillah, that the rest of it was Tefillah. We'll see what that means. They would continue to do Tefillah. We'll see exactly what that means. But the Gemara says, what do we see from this? There is a machlaikis, a very interesting machlaikis. If you have a situation where you have two Talmidim sitting in front of the Rebbe, is one Talmud allowed to give the other Talmud kavod with the Rebbe being there? Or is that considered a disrespect to the Rebbe because one Talmud is showing kavod to the other? I think actually this would be the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. Yeah. I wonder if that ties in. But there is a machlaikis about this because it might be disrespectful towards the Rebbe if one shows respect to the other. So the Gemara says from our Mishnah, you could deduce that they're allowed. Why? Because the Mishnah says they would give the Sefer Torah from the Shamish to the Gabai to the deputy, oh, yeah. which is Mashman, they're giving covet to each other in front of the Kayan Gadol, who's the greatest. So L'chayret answers that Machlaikis, which is brought in Maseches Baba Basra. Shmas mina. So the Gemara says we could derive from our Mishnah, you could give covet to the Talmud in place of the Rebbe. Rabbi by responds, it's not a raya because Kula Mishim fighted a Kayan Gadol who every step really is covered for the Kayan Gadol. Maybe really in general, you're not allowed to give covet to a lower person when there's the rabbi there, the greater person there. Here, the fact that you're giving it from one person to another shows that the Kayan Gadol is the top of the totem pole, how great he is. So really all of it is in, in implying the greatness of the Kayan Gadol. It's all because of his covet, not for the covet of the other people. Now let's finish up here. So the Mishnah said the Kohen Gadol would stand up and accept the Torah from the deputy. So Ayman, the Gemara says, the fact that it says he would stand up, it implies that before that he was sitting. But where was this done? In the Azara. Asks the Gemara, but it was taught, that no one's allowed to sit in the Azara besides Malchus based David, besides the kings from the house of David. Rashi explains, because it's a disrespect to Hashem to sit in his house, to sit in in the Beis Hamikdash, there was a special dispensation given to David. Rashi says, and his and his descendants, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted to emphasize the power of Malchus Beis David. But in general, there's no allowance for that. How could the Kohen Gadol, who's certainly not from Beis David, he's a Kohen, he's from Shevet Levi, sit in the Azarash? And Emar, as the pasuk says, David says, David came and he sat in front of Hashem. He said, Who am I, etc. So he was allowed to. But in general, you're not allowed to. So how could the Kohen Gadol? sit. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers, He wasn't sitting in the Ezras Yisrael, which had this Kedusha and prohibition of sitting. He sat in the Ezras Yisrael, uh, Ezras Nashim. The Ezras Nashim, that was the women area, the women's area. And there, they didn't have the same Kedusha. You were allowed to sit. Well, because he couldn't sit. Oh, I guess I hear. I hear, I hear. Yeah, there are no ladies. Achanami, right, right. Achanami bezras nashim. So to here, we're talking about the ezras nashim. Now, the Gemara gears that we have is mesevei. <coughs> Some learn it's Ditanya, it's a raya, but really it's going to be a question or a raya, but it's the same thing. Mesevei. So the Gemara says we have a question from a brisa. It says by Hakel when the king would read on the eight every every seven years he would read 
to the tzibor certain parshias from Sefer Devarim, what, where, where would he be reading? So the Gemara says, Ba'azara. He would be reading in the Azara. And the Gemara understands is the king would be there, and also anyone who read in general in the Beis HaMikdash, they would be in the Azara. Rabbi Leazar ben Yaakov, Oymer Baharabayas. Rabbi ben Yaakov said he would actually be reading on Temple Mount, not specifically in the Azara. Shanem turning to Mem Aleph Mud Aleph, Hayik it says in Nehemiah, he read in front of the town square that was in front of the gate of water. But the point is, what do you see? That in this Brisa, it seems to say, Hakil was done in the Azara, and the implication is anyone who read from the Torah, this is how the Rishonim seem to learn, would also read in the Azara. So how can you read in the Azara? So on that, Rav Chizda resolved by saying, it wasn't in the Ezra's Yisrael, he was in Ezra's Nashim where there wasn't such a Kedusha, and there was a permissibility of sitting. It's the same thing here, the Kohen Gadol would be in the Ezra's Nashim, and then he would stand up and read, and that wasn't an issue. When did the women go to the Ezra? Stopping the top of Mem Aleph, Amud Aleph.